of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. You just heard Evil Like Me by Hex Cougar. 
As you might have seen on the internet, I launched a website for Angry Girl Music of Indie Rock Persuasion. You can find that at angrygirlmusic.com. I've been wanting a centralized place to find episodes and different projects by my friends for some time, and the website is here at last for that and so much more. My goal is to create a space for myself and others to share their experiences in music, in news, in think pieces, all kinds of stuff, while also creating some go-to resource tabs to help everyone in the independent music community who are looking for nonprofits to support, DIY media to hit up, and really anything else that might help build us all up. If you have any ideas or want to share or contribute, feel free to email me. I'd love to hear your ideas. Thank you so much to everyone who has reached out personally or over social media to celebrate the launch of the site. A lot has changed and grown over nearly three years, and it's your support that has helped to make this possible. I'm excited for all that's ahead, from new guests to new opportunities for us all. So now on to this week's guest. I'm joined by editor and blogger Staley Sharpless, who runs the incredible site Sane Audio. Staley has worked with friends over the years to cultivate a diverse global blog that highlights music from across multiple continents and genres. Her Chicago home base is a perfect spot for exploring so many new artists, which is part of her whole focus in sharing music. She joins this week to talk about the origin of Saint Audio, her goals for the site, and so much more. So let's listen to one of her favorite artists, Gafachi, and then dig into the interview. Thank you. 
Welcome, Staley Sharpless, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm talking to you, so it's awesome. <laughs> That's so nice to hear. <laughs> um, I got really excited, actually, before we started recording. You mentioned that you're based out of Chicago. I'm a huge fan of Chicago. I was actually just there about a month ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it's it's the best. It's like, there's so much going on. Obviously, great music. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I love living here. I live uh, over in Wicker Park, so there's just tons of stuff happening by me. Oh, I love that. That's actually where I stayed when I was visiting was actually Wicker Park. I fell in love with it. You picked the best part of the city to be in. We have all (laughs) the restaurants, like all of like the venues. It's just, it's like a playground for adults, essentially. Yeah, no kidding. Because like, um, what was it? I was on the same block, I think, as like Subterranean and everything. And like, I wish that there had been a show that I'd been into. Yeah, that was like happening that weekend. It was a really quiet weekend, I think, for music when I was visiting. But I was like, oh, shit, this is like the perfect place to be. I'm gonna have to come back and like, stay at the same Airbnb because it was like right on the L and it was so cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like in the summer, I mean, there's like, literally every single night of the week there's just awesome bands playing like i'm i already know like on my off nights that i have like nights i have free i'm just gonna be like yep i'm going out i'm gonna go see somebody play something (laughs) that's so awesome you're in the right city to be doing that that's for sure yeah it's a lot of fun i love it well um you have such a really cool um background that i'm learning about now with your involvement with saint audio that's so cool uh, but before we get into St. Audio, of course, I kind of want to learn a little bit more about you. How did you kind of first get into like writing and even your interest in music? Well, um, let's see. I have always enjoyed writing and music. Um, I guess like I first started like really getting into music, honestly, when I was uh, when I was in middle school because I was really into boy bands. Um, and I like, I was just kind of like a boy band super fan. Honestly, it's a little embarrassing, but, um, (laughs) I would go to like concerts for this boy band called NLT who is, they're no longer together, but, um, I would go, go there. Like I always loved going to concerts. My mom like took me to my first concert when I was six. I went and saw NSYNC. So you're noting a trend here. Um, (laughs) but writing, I, I also like, I always loved writing. I loved reading when I was a kid. Um, and I feel like my interest in writing really started or like began to develop more when I went to, uh, Duke Young Writers, um, summer camp, um, down in Durham, North Carolina. So I went there for like three years, I think three or four years. And I really like, you know, developed a lot of great skills, um, maybe writing skills, maybe not uh, public speaking skills, but um, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, just ever since then, like I started a, a creative writing class or creative writing club in high school. And then also in high school, I started to get super duper into electronic music. So kind of from there, I was like, well, I love going to electronic music shows. Like I loved Dylan Francis, Diplo, Rusco all of those guys. And I was like, I kind of want to like cover festivals. Like I want to get closer to this. Mm -hmm. And I, I had actually, I had a friend uh, that tagged me in um, a post on Facebook. There was a blog called EDM Chicago that was looking for writers. And I was like, well, I I can write. All right. Um, So I emailed them and they were like, okay, yeah, start writing for us. So I started there. And then from there I jumped to a different site called the Dankles which was based in like Chicago and uh, Colorado. 
And then after that, I moved to um, Nest HQ, which is uh, part of Ausla and Skrillex's whole label. And that was that was kind of where I really like started to form more industry connections. And then I started uh, Saint Audio, sort of my own project after that. So it's been fun. It's been great. I love that. So would you say that some of those writing opportunities was that why you moved to Chicago? I actually. So I am. Um, based here. I, I lived out in the suburbs and then now I live in the city. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I had a kind of unique undergrad experience. So I, a lot of people are like, don't you live abroad? And I say, no, but I understand why you would think that because I did my undergrad at University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Cool. So that also kind of provided a lot of opportunities for me to get closer to some like American bands and like musicians because they'd come to Scotland they'd be playing much smaller venues it was like their first time sort of like getting that exposure in the UK mm-hmm. and I would just message them and be like can I interview you can I come cover your show and so um I ended up being able to do a lot I saw like you know like people like Foster Thomas and Bauer like way back when they were first starting I saw Dylan Francis again when he was first starting um I interviewed Ryan Hemsworth like that was a crazy interview. I was able to put that one together because I was like, well, I'm in Scotland and like our readership's mostly in Scotland. So you should talk to me. Um, but after I graduated, I moved back to Chicago and I've been here ever since. So that's, that's how I'm here. <laughs> that's really neat. And like being in Scotland's got to be great for starting out because you have like a lot of opportunity in the sense of like international audience um, you're in, you're still in Europe, which is a great hub for like electronic music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that must have afforded you some really cool opportunities in that sense too. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I, I traveled a lot when I was abroad and I, um, you know, I was able to see a lot of great shows. Like I went to go see, um, some major laser in London, um, through a friend actually that was working with, uh, with Diplo at the time. And it was just like, the most insane experience like I've ever had just, you know, everything from being abroad in this huge city to like the venue itself. And like, it was just, it was fantastic. Um, I saw like, I saw shows in Barcelona. I, I went to Berlin and I saw, um, I saw this guy called Shiba-san. I saw him play there. Like, so it was, it was a fantastic experience. And then I got to come home in the summers to Chicago where, you know, it's like, one of the music capitals of, of the US, yeah. of the world, really. So I was really lucky that I was able to be surrounded by like so much choice um, wherever I went. <laughs> Definitely, because at that point, you just have that like influx of great music and so many different styles of music, too. That oh, was yeah. something that I really like actually about St. Audio is the fact that you do cover so many different like genres and um, types of artists. Thank you. Yeah, we we try to keep it diverse. Like I tend to look for writers, you know, I tend to I tend to see like where my own gaps are and gaps of knowledge and like, you know, clearly I I know electronic music pretty well, but that's a very broad spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know like the IDM side of electronic music as well as I know more commercial EDM. Sure. Um, but I try to reach out to or work with people that are passionate about different genres so that we are getting that sort of like um, that scope 
and, 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 and exposing people to, to new genres and to new sounds. Like I know, like, I guess my rule of thumb is if I wouldn't want to read it, then we're not going to put it out. And I tend to find that most of the time or all the time, whenever writers submit things to me, I'm not only do I want to read this, I'm fascinated and I'm learning something. So I figure we might as well keep trying to put that out there for our readers too, because they're probably coming to it with the same sort of um, mindset. But we, we do try to like cover as much as we can. Um, and we, you know, when you're running a, a music website, writers like they come and go, it's like, it's a little cyclical um, because people are very enthusiastic in the beginning and then people get busy. And most of the time, a lot of our writers were college students because at the time I was in college and then sort of trickled down to people that I knew or like friends of friends. So you have a little more time when you are not working a nine to five, but um, we have, we have a pretty like diverse age range as well. Like we have people like everybody from like age, like, 20 to 40 working for us too. Cause that's something that was important to me. I wanted to make sure like, not only are we getting different perspectives in terms of like race and gender and sexuality, I wanted it to be, um, we wanted to include different perspectives and age as well. Cause you know, it doesn't, just cause you are getting older doesn't mean you stop loving music. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool that you have that in mind. We to kind of backtrack to a little bit of the beginning and how you started St. Audio, what was kind of your intention from the beginning and what were the things that you kind of did to lay the groundwork for um, what St. Audio is today? Um, so that is also a long story. Yeah. Um, so I, when I was at St. Andrews, I was looking to get involved. I was looking to, um, you know, work on my, my music journalism and I joined the school's art magazine in their music section. Um, it was called Start Magazine. And so this team of writers, we were just sort of like surpassing everybody else in the art magazine. We were writing so much content. It was like doing really well that we decided to uh, start our own group called Press Play. So mm -hmm. from there, Press Play, we, we all worked on that. The people that originally founded it graduated. It was passed down to another older student. And then I was asked to be co-editor of press play. And then I became editor of press play. And at the time that I had graduated, you know, there was thoughts where I was like, should I leave this behind? I guess it is technically like a project that started in St. Andrews. Most of the writers are from St. Andrews, but at that point we'd started to extend, um, our reach. And we, we brought on some writers in different markets, like, people that had either reached out to us on social media or people that I knew from just like being in the industry and, and, you know, my time at Nest HQ. And, um, from there we, um, I decided I wanted to keep it and I wanted to, to sort of shape it into my own thing. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to rebrand the site because at the time there was another press play that's based in the UK. Yeah. So some of it was out of necessity and some of it was, I just, you know, I wanted it to be, separate from my St. Andrews experience, I wanted it to be like, this is my website, my direction, my, my vision, um, uh, while still keeping that St. Andrews influence, which is why it's called St. Audio. Nice. Um, but what I really wanted to do and what I've always like wanted to do is just 
share people's stories like through music, no matter what they may be, as long as they are socially con conscious and um, I guess expanding people's worldview. Um, because I feel like, you know, being abroad, being an international student, living in Scotland for four years, it, it was really, there was, it was kind of amazing to see like, you could meet somebody from like Thailand, France, wherever, and the universal like way to connect was talking about music you liked. Yeah. So I wanted to sort of keep that energy in my project. And so that's sort of how St. Audio was born. That's a very like long winded all over the place uh, description of it, but I'm sure I will go into it more, but that's, that's just the general idea of it. No, I really like that though. And that's such a great story because you kind of were able to take this and continue to grow it in the sense of being able to collaborate with fellow students at one point. Now it sounds like you have writers from all over that are contributing, which is really cool. Um, so where's everybody at and what all do they kind of bring to the table with St. Audio? So right now we have, um, you know, there are times where we're more heavy on the international writers and more, mm -hmm. we're, and you know, right now we have more US based writers just based on who's able to contribute right now. Um, mm -hmm. But we have some people, we have somebody in um, all over the US actually, that's also been something I've wanted to, um, to do on St. Audio is not just make it so that it's like major cities because I think that that can be sort of like limiting sometimes and like mm -hmm. make people that want to get into music and want to like build their portfolio as a writer feel like, well, I can't do that because I can't go cover shows. It's like, no, you can still write about music. You're a good writer. Who cares? Like and if there's a show in town that you want to go to, like, let's do it. So we have somebody in New York. We have somebody in London. We have somebody in Edinburgh. We have, um, we have somebody in uh, Minnesota. Um, and we have uh, somebody in Barcelona right now that's contributing pretty frequently. And then from there, just sort of rotates. We've had people from Berlin. We've had people from South America. Like just, it's been amazing like to get people like coming from all these different places. And it also, for me, what that does is because there is more of a European and American influence on the site, it makes me want to reach out and say, okay, what countries are we not, are we not already covering through our writers? Mm -hmm. um, so something like that I tried to do last year was I really wanted to like focus on like African producers. So we got, um, we got this guy from Ghana to do a guest mix for us. His name is Gafachi. Oh, and cool. I, you know, it's just, it's finding people where it's like, how can we just keep expanding both our world and people's world around them, you know, through like international music, international perspectives, like where are our blind spots and how can we fix it? Definitely. And that's such a cool opportunity that you have because of these connections that you're making on a global scale. And I'm sure that as much as you're kind of um, drawing from these central locations where you're based, where these writers are based and stuff, but whoever they write about, they're reaching that locations kind of audience that sense. So like by having the, producer from Ghana, maybe your blog's not reaching people in Ghana and, and yeah. surrounding areas, which is probably really exciting for you. I love it. I love like going on WordPress and like digging into stuff or like Google Analytics and being like, where are people like, where in the world are, are our readers now? You know, like 
there have been times where like we've gotten like crazy like readership in like we had like a ton of readers in Costa Rica for like a couple months. And I was like, what did we even do? I don't know. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, we had a lot of people from Ghana, you know, and then we have the people like in the major, major cities, like a lot of readers in LA and New York, um, mm-hmm. London, um, Paris, you know, we, when, when the Paris attacks happened, actually, we, we posted a lot about that. Cause we were like, you know, it's, it was a music, music was involved in the attack, unfortunately. And it did reach a lot of people in France, which, you know, I'm, I hope that it was able to reach them in a way that was like a positive or sort of comforting way. Um, Mm -hmm. because that's really all we want to do is, um, just make people feel good. Or if we are covering sensitive subjects, which we, I don't want to shy away from ever, Mm um, you know, either opening people's eyes about them or providing like comfort and understanding the people that are in those situations. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I really liked about your writing because I went and I dug through some of the pieces that you have out there. I really love the different Q and A's that you've done with different artists. I always, I found those really insightful and I even found some like op-eds from like 2017. We were talking about a lot of like influence with like pop artists and what their cultural behavior means whenever it's stuff like Katy Perry or anything like that, which I thought was really interesting because you don't see enough um, editorials that are written by like non-men and stuff unpacking these really important cultural issues and stuff like appropriation and um, understanding how that impacts people with different backgrounds and stuff. I thought that was such a cool like series that you had out there and stuff and that you do try to talk to people with different backgrounds. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, there are times where I, you know, I'm, I'm a white woman, like able-bodied, whatever, all of it. Um, there are times where I'm like, you know, is this my place to talk about it? You know, and I tend to like, if there is something that I feel like I want to be covered, my initial instinct is to try to reach out and see if there's somebody that wants to talk about it. Like just, I try to like say like, you know, St. Audio is like the floor is yours if you want it to whoever wants it, unless you know, you're like a Trump supporter, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm not you, um, but you know, I, there are, there are also situations where it's like, okay, I don't want to not talk about this. So yeah, the Katy Perry thing, that was one where through like conversations I was having with people where I was just like, this is like super not okay. And like weird. And like, you know, you start digging into it and you're like, Oh, like we can't not discuss the fact that like, she's just sort of like spreading like microaggressions on a major, major scale. It was very, it was so uncomfortable. That was very cringy of her to that whole phase in her career honestly was very cringe um but yeah like you know last year and in the years prior like during pride I really tried to like reach out to our any of our like queer identifying writers or people that want to write op-eds for us and say like you talk about what you want to talk about like from your perspective I don't care if it's just like here's a playlist I made of songs I like it's like what what this is about is like, this is about sharing your voice and sharing like your connection with music. And all I can do is hopefully provide a place where you feel comfortable in doing that, you know? Definitely. So, and I liked, 
I liked those playlists that you had out like with the drag artists and stuff like that, where it's like, it wasn't just the music. It was a lot of like a little bit about the experience of being involved in drag and the culture behind it and the art behind it in that sense too. And I think it was really cool that you gave these people really important platforms to be able to talk about their experiences and their careers. Thank you. Yeah, I really, uh, that was really fun. We had one of our writers, Kyle, he did an amazing like um, interview with Sasha Colby, which is like one of still to this day, like one of our most like popular pieces on the site. Um, but, you know, again, it goes back to like, also, you know, something I try to do is look at where my writers like strengths are or interests are outside of music and say, okay, how do you tie that back in? You know, like what's a way to like bring this all full circle back to music? Because like, you know, I love movies and TV and that's like a pretty clear like line between the two. But I was like, you know, I don't feel like we see enough of a spotlight on the people behind the scenes like that are making the music for movies or, you know, working as a music editor. Like that's still a job in music, but it's, it's like, what the heck even is that? So that was something I started was a, a Q and A series with just people in the film and television industry that also work in music technically. And it's, it, that's been one of my favorite series or like, we had a guy that was really into music and he worked at a wine store. And so I was like, you pair uh, different wines with different albums that I send you like that you like. And like, let's like, let's just, again, like just keep trying to bring it back because like, if you really, if you really work at it, you can connect everything back to music. It's like Kevin Bacon. It's just like six degrees. <laughs> you like I can make any story about it. Anything I feel like that most people enjoy. It's like, there's got to be a connection somewhere. So <laughs> and Kevin uh, Bacon's one of them. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. My my brain is just like a cesspool, honestly. It's just like, <laughs> like horrible, like not horrible, just just weird pop culture references. Like I'm sure they'll jump <laughs> out more. It's just like, oh God, like what? Like if I could speak in gifts, I would. That You know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> I forgot what the... the uh, the initial question was. <laughs> oh, no, you answered it. That, we're all good. No, I just think Hooray. it's I love that you do draw on the interest of your writers in that sense and kind of use that as a unique form of storytelling and stuff, like how you were describing with like the one writer who's works in like wine and stuff, which is really cool. I never would have guessed that that could be a way that you could approach writing in that sense. Um, it's got to be motivating for them as writers. I'm kind of wondering maybe what are some things that you do with your writing that kind of motivate you? Hmm. Well, you know, lately, to be honest with you, I haven't been writing as much as I'd like. I sort of hit like kind of a burnout, honestly. Like I really love editing people's pieces because mm -hmm. um, I like sort of taking something and seeing what's there and then shaping it into like the best that it can be in my yeah. opinion. And my opinion is the best, obviously. No, um, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, you know, I think just like lately, like, I we just published an interview with um, a woman named Kat, mm -hmm. and she is a DJ, but she's also like, uh, like wellness coach and fitness instructor and like female entrepreneur. And that piece just got a lot of positive feedback. And so I guess like, even reading her interview, it was like, kind of inspiring. So it was like, okay, what about this 
like running St. Audio, do I like? What about it is like maybe not working for me anymore? And what can I do to make it so that I'm excited to create content, to to write things like for this website? So I don't know. I guess I also, I talk a lot with my boyfriend about this because like he just has to hear all my meltdowns. I had a little bit of a meltdown recently about <laughs> it because I was just like, I can't think of anything to write. And like, it's also, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard because I do work a nine to five job and I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in like night school. I'm in a boot camp too. So I, one finding time to write is already difficult, but then I feel like the expectation, especially with music journalism, if it's not published within like six hours of whatever's happened, like, or whatever album is released, it's like not relevant anymore. And a lot of the time, I don't even have my thoughts together enough to just pump something out after like a couple hours or one listen to an album. I'm like, I want to sit with this. I want to think about it more. Um, but I think that's sort of like, for a while I felt like, okay, like St. Audio, like we can't compete on like the scale of like certain websites, but we're not trying to compete with them. I think what we do best and what I do best at least is taking information and, um, analyzing it in a thoughtful way. So I guess maybe like in terms of my writing, it's listening to stuff, even old stuff. Like I make playlists on Spotify where I'm just like, I just find music that I like. It doesn't have to be new. It's just stuff where I'm like, this resonates with me and try to like write about it just for fun. Just try to like work that muscle. Or if if the words are not coming, like sometimes I'll just, oh, this is okay. This is so dumb. But uh, whenever I've had a few alcoholic drinks um, lately, all I do is just like rip like stupid clips from YouTube, primarily Avengers clips, and just make like dumb edits in iMovie. But like, <laughs> it sounds so stupid and I find them hilarious. It's, it's a very productive, uh, drunken thing to do, I guess. But it's been sort of like sparking my creativity more because I'm just like, well, you know, I'm listening to music. I'm kind of doing something fun and like that makes me laugh and that's funny. Like, how do I translate this to writing? Because like, I like this and this is, this is something that, makes me feel happy and now I want to like bring that feeling to like what I do best you know like um I don't remember where I was going with that but uh now you know that I make really stupid iMovie edits (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, fun though and like that's that's everybody has their own way of doing like some kind of creative riffing and I like that that's your approach because it's just something goofy and fun that's really all that matters I know like maybe it's not the most creative thing but like uh, I do this more so on my personal Twitter than I do on my podcast Twitter. But I mean, I'll go on like Star Wars rants from time to time, and oh. that's just me getting like my thoughts out. Yeah, and, like you know, it's it's silly because that's practically all I talk about. But I'm like, but hey, I just got these thoughts out, and they apply to other things in life too. So there's that. And- oh my god, yeah, dude, like Twitter, like Twitter is. I feel like I do a lot of writing on Twitter and sometimes yeah. like, I, I use too much like creative like juice on Twitter. I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, I could have saved this for other stuff. But um, no, it's, oh, I love ranting about like, I don't even watch Star Wars and I still like jump into the rants or I do, like I do, <laughs> but I'm not like, you know, like hardcore fan, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. 
but I still like, I still like getting into it and being like, yeah, that's a bad decision. (laughs) Yeah. You can like, just like go off on that stuff or like, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten in this bad habit where I need to save it for my writing because it's like, I'll say like really stupid, funny jokes on Twitter, but then I'll be like, oops, I used that already. Kind of thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. Honestly, like, so my Twitter is private right now, which is kind of good because it's sort of like I get to workshop the jokes a little bit, but if my tweets like get like very few likes after like, you know, a couple hours, I'll be like, well, that was a good joke. I'll just, I'll just save it and just keep workshopping it until it works. You know what I mean? Like, this is too good. This was an idea. It's almost there, but it's not there yet. Yeah. I'm going to use it again. (laughs) (laughs) And even, Hey, I, I'm shameless. I'll reuse a joke. I'll be like enough people haven't seen my Twitter. I'll just put it in my writing. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever works at that point, because I'll do it for that. Sometimes I'll do, um, on the podcast Twitter, I'll sample out ideas for things that I do want to eventually write or talk about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I'll get my feminist rants out of my system. Like, I'm pissed off about something. And like, I mean, I never judge the quality of the response for if I should or shouldn't say anything about something, really. But, you know, it gets it out of my system. And if it gets a good response, it tells me I'm on the right plane of thinking or it resonates or whatever and it's like cool yeah. now I know I need to talk about that more I need to do this more so I don't know social media is cool <laughs> it's good yeah no definitely I mean you know getting that feedback like instantaneously even like I like ran like a poll the other day mm-hmm. where I was like you know where do you like listen to podcasts or like watch podcasts whatever like yeah and a lot of people jumped in but it's like it is awesome because like even if you say something maybe that's like divisive or that maybe like people aren't, you know, you don't get like, for me, a good tweet is like 12 likes. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm famous. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll not get like a ton of likes, but someone will comment and be like, well, this is what I think. It's like, it's just, it opens up your perspective. It opens up your mind and like, it's the, it's the old gears turning. <laughs> Definitely. And you get the same thing though, whenever you put out like, I'm sure articles and stuff where people are responsive and stuff and they're sharing, whether it's, you know, with the intent of sharing your writing or sharing the subject that you're talking about, the artist and stuff. So um, it's got to be exciting whenever you start to see pieces that you're really excited about start to take off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do feel like we'll really have made it when we start getting hate comments. You know what I mean? I'm like, (laughs) when enough people are reading it, that there are people that are angry about it and don't agree with me already. I'm like, ha ha, we're successful. Um, Not that we (laughs) pissed someone off. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Like I was talking to my friend about this the other day. He had a podcast and was like talking about how he mispronounced like some town in France and that five people emailed him to correct his pronunciation. He was like really pissed about it. I was like, why? Like, that means that, like, there are enough people listening to your podcast that they got mad about it and reached out to tell you that they got mad about it. To me, that's like, you, you're you doing great. <laughs> yeah, you know you have at least five guaranteed listeners at that point. Yeah, exactly. And then you get them hooked on the next episode to see here if you pronounce it right the next time. Um, <laughs> but exactly. I love, I do love, like, I do find that, like, the, the writing that does the best is the stuff that's more personal, whether it be like, you know, we've had some really great um, album reviews from some of our uh, writers in the past couple months that get shared around like either by the artist or just by like, by fans. Um, 
the op-eds tend to do pretty well as, as well. It's just, you know, I think that people like to read something that's more personal and that like you feel like you're getting like you're being let into someone else's worldview or, or like understanding how someone else is feeling. Because I think that's like sometimes the curse of music writing is that I can talk about how it sounds Mm -hmm. all day long, but it's like, what, what does that do? Like what, what purpose does that serve? Cause we all have ears and we all can interpret the sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so something I am trying to push myself to do is be like, okay, like how can this educate, whether it be like about like thoughts and feelings and emotions, or even just like, if I'm not like in that headspace, like tying it back to like musical history and influences, like just something where it's like, okay, well, at least this is a piece for people to reference in the future. Um, but I do, I get really excited when the interviews do really well because I, I really enjoy talking to people. Obviously I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> and I, um, I, you know, I think like it's nice because I try to like pick people that I'm interested in and that I find uh, have an interesting story. So then if people also enjoy that, I'm like, all right, I'm doing something right. So yeah, definitely. And you're giving people of like different backgrounds too a platform with those kind of interviews and stuff to share their perspectives and experiences, making music, being involved in anything. So that's really cool to me. Thank you. Thank you. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great. Uh, one of the things I kind of noticed a lot with like some of the newer pieces out there is it seems like your direction is a little bit of mixed arts because you have like podcasts, like last podcast of left. I saw that piece was out there mm-hmm. and, um, you know, some of the more like kind of performative arts here and there. Um, is this something that you're trying to kind of mix in more and more, or is this kind of, um, always been a part of the goal for St. Audio? Uh, you know, it's been sort of like, a. it wasn't originally the goal. Um, yeah. it's, developed over time and you know a part of it is just like because I just love podcasts mm-hmm. I find myself like I love to listen to music but like at work when I'm doing something I tend to listen to click on a podcast more because it's like I feel like I'm the opposite of most people like if I'm listening to music I feel like way more engaged in the music and I'm paying attention to it a lot more depending yeah. on what it is Um, Whereas a podcast, like I can listen and engage, but I just sort of feel like I'm like listening to a conversation happening and then just sort of like jump in when I want to jump in, you know, like, yeah. So I end up listening to a lot of podcasts. I listen to them walking to and from work. Like it's just all the time. So I thought, okay, well, how does that relate to music? (laughs) Um, And so I also kind of feel like, you know, we're saying audio and yes, we are like our bread and butter is music. It will always be music, but it doesn't mean that we can't include other forms of audio too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, podcasting is huge. Of yeah. And, um, a lot of podcasters have really interesting stories and like interesting, uh, musical taste. And, um, you know, it also opens up an opportunity for them to talk about something they don't get to talk about as often, you know, like last podcast on the left, like, Oh my God, that was, that is like, I love all the interviews I do. I love all the guest mixes I do. Like I'm always like, I love everybody that wants to work with me, but that was like one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Like we talked for like an hour, almost an hour and a half, you know, it was yeah. like a crazy long interview. They were just 
if you've ever listened to the podcast, it's like, it's just, it's like that in real life. Like they're, they're not, you know, it's not any different. They're, they're all jumping in and riffing off of each other, but they're all so passionate about music um, that they were so willing to like talk about it and talk about like the connections of like, you know, we talked about metal a lot. Yeah. And you know, that does have a lot of ties to true crime and, um, even like in their series that they've done, like they did the Norwegian black metal series, which is one of the best. Yeah. Um, I have another interview with a pod- podcast group uh, coming up. Uh, their podcast is called Shit My Girlfriend Makes Me Watch. And it's very funny, but they talk about like their podcast is primarily like recapping reality TV shows. Yeah. But even then, there's a lot of reality TV musicians. So it's like it's still. True. All comes back, comes back to that center. To oh, the yeah. Kevin Bacon of it all. It's the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I love that so much, though, because it's like, you're right. It, it all does tie back to music in that sense. And you're able to kind of unearth so much more depth to some of these people that maybe people didn't even, their own fans may not have even realized about them. And I like the way that you approach doing your your interviews in that sense, too, is because um, I think that interview for last podcast on the left, I was like, I think that's one of the few times where reading something, I could feel how much fun you were all having in text. Oh, and that's something that's very difficult to accomplish. I feel like where you can actually just like get the whole vibe of like, yeah, we're having a blast and we're just chatting. And it's like, it's not just them riffing too, but it felt like, you know, you were in on it in some aspects and that was really cool. Oh yeah. It was, well, that makes you really happy to hear. I, yeah, no, I loved it. I was like, we definitely were. We were, we were all, the jokes were flying. It was a lot of fun and it is hard. It, you know what? So I did the most recent interview I did with Kat. She, we did it through email just because of her, her schedule. And I think it was really good because it, it gave people some insight into her and her background. And she was able to like, I think sometimes with the email interviews, you, you, you know, you can feel the difference, you know, you just, there's more of an organic sort of uh, feeling when you have those either phone conversations or, you know, in-person conversations Um, you get, you can sometimes maybe get different things out of people. Yeah. Um, So I really do enjoy trying to do it, you know, verbally as often as possible, you know, on the phone or whatever I am transcribing is a whole different thing, but you know, I'm getting better at being more timely about it. <laughs> that's sure, that's a, that's a struggle because some of the blogging I do with like the alternative and stuff, if I do an interview, I'll be transcribing for hours. And oh that's, that's the, le- that's the less fun part. The fun part is talking to your, your guest or your, uh, your interview subject. But whenever you go to the transcribing part, that's where I just, I get very stubborn and very childish. And <laughs> Oh my God, same. I'm like, huh. I should uh, clip my toenails or I should Anything know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I will clean my house. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know how many times like, so that last podcast on the left interview, it was a long one, which yeah. means transcribing. I feel like the rule of thumb is it usually just takes like three times as long to transcribe. Oh, the, definitely. Like, and like, I was just like, I'd, I'd be working on it for like an hour and a half and I'd be like, I've only done 20 minutes of this. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. You know what? I want Jeff Bezos or one of these like idiot tech guys, not idiots. They're clearly not idiots, but I think they're idiots because they're just the worst. Uh, They need to invent 
enough with the robots in the grocery stores, okay? Like, I don't want that. I want a robot that can accurately transcribe things for me. Then my life would be complete. Then I'd be very happy. All I need, honestly, that would be so good. Just be able to, like, plug in your audio clip and just go at it. Like, that would be, that would just change my life forever. I think we got a million dollar idea right here. All right. Let's see here. Um, Bezos, whoever the fuck else is out there, tech that isn't a shit bag. That's really the trouble. Bezos is a shit bag too, but like, I'm trying to think, are there any, but is there anybody who's like Silicon Valley that is not trash? <laughs> I don't know, honestly, because all the people I'm thinking of, I'm like, Peter Thiel, well, he was a freaking Trump supporter, and uh, Jack Dorsey is, what is going on with him? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I, like, if he came to my door, I'd be like, you have the wrong address. Like, go. <laughs> like, I don't know you. Go. You need yeah. to go. Oh, it's my gosh. Too much. It's too much. We'll find, we'll find, uh, you know. We need a, a badass, like, woman in tech or something that isn't, like, a, because, honestly, the women I see becoming CEOs are not all, like, dirt bags the way that the men are, so. True. Just as long as it's not Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg, I'm fine with it. Like, anybody else. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. I think we got ourselves a, a billion-dollar idea. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yes, it's trademarked and patent, so don't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. Well, Speaking of ideas, one of the things I like too that you do on uh, Sane Audio, I'm really good at segues here, um, <laughs> is that you share a lot of ideas of other people and like you've shared things like um, podcast episodes from like Jonathan Van Ness and like so many other people who just do other creative things where you just kind of give like a summary of, hey, this is what this cool person is doing. That's really awesome. You should check it out. Um, what kind of inspired you to just put out even just these bits of like content and and put that out there was it just I'm excited about this you should know about it too yeah some of it is that some of it is also just me like trying to like use my business degree that I paid a lot of money for where I'm like what's going on in the market um and, you know <laughs> just trying to see like where like what gaps can St. Audio fill in you know like what can we do what can we put out that I don't see other people doing? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, podcasting is definitely a space that I feel like has a lot of room to grow in for uh, music websites because, you know, right now people are sort of fighting to stay alive just in general. And like, yeah, St. Audio for me, it's like, this is truly like a labor of love. I'm not, you know, turning a profit on it or anything. Like it's not, it's, it's just sort of like, I do it because I love it and mm -hmm. because I want to, have other people love it and hopefully like through writing or reading learn something grow from it get some clips you know whatever um but yeah so uh, the Jonathan Van Ness one I was just like I was listening to him like this is really interesting and you know I was thinking I was like we've never interviewed a female composer yet so yeah. this is a great interview why not direct people to this because I learned a lot so yeah some of it was me having an interest in it and I love Jonathan Van Ness and think he's amazing yeah um, I'm seeing him in June and I'm so excited I'm that's so cool I was I can't wait we me and my sister we bought our tickets in December we're very into it <laughs> I love that though that's amazing it's but, I'm I'm stoked for sure that's so um, cool thank you yeah well you got to come back you got to come back 
Um, oh gosh, I wish I could. That, that soon, that would be amazing, especially for Jonathan Van Ness, just saying. You have to. We have, we have to, okay, now we have to invent a teleportation device. Oh, I've been wanting one ever since I figured out how much I love to travel. <laughs> oh my God, right? I'm like, my boyfriend and I are long distance, and I was uh-huh. just like, God, this would save a lot of money. <laughs> I'm like, You're right? It would be so much easier. Um, so again, million dollar idea. We're patenting it. It's trademarked. Don't steal it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, we got to say it. Legal disclaimer. Um, Absolutely. This is our idea. <laughs> yes, exactly. We will fight you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just, I think it's like, I just see like, I guess opportunities for growth as part of it. And also like, I think the, the stuff, like the pieces that people resonate with the most are things that like, they can tell that someone's, whoever wrote it is excited about it. So I was like, I was excited about this. I felt a spark of inspiration. I was like, and it was quick, you know, it's like, it takes you like what, 15 minutes to get that post together, like from start to finish. Like it's something where I'm like, it's out there. The site is active. There's something out for our subscribers for the website. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't, something that can be a roadblock to me sometimes is feeling like I have to write something big or do something big. And that's just sort of been my personality my whole life where I like, I can't tell you the amount of times I'd come home from, you know, middle school or high school. And I would just like have be having just a total meltdown. Cause like I'd be assigned a paper and I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just, it's like, if someone tells you, you have to write like a six page paper it's like, how do you break that down into chunks? And so then when you're doing it for fun, you're like, I have to write, like, I have to listen to this whole album and do research and like do all this stuff. And then eventually sure. you just tire yourself out thinking about it and then nothing gets done. Yep. But the bite-sized stuff tends to help because then you feel like I'm doing something and then I can ramp up to those bigger pieces when I have more energy and you know can make myself uh stop watching the office for the 40th time um <laughs> but you know it's it is it is fun um i i do want to like highlight more podcasts but my problem is that i just keep listening to last podcast on the left um, i just am like that's like my go-to it's like my sure. office of podcasts like whenever i can't decide on something to listen to i'm just like eh, i'll go back I want to go back and listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, I'm always, and now, well, you know, now, now I know somebody whose podcast I can feature on there. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's I'd a win-win, a win-win-win. I love collaboration. I've been doing that actually more often than I thought it would now. So I'm down. That's for sure. Let's do it. Down to clown. Well, one of the things that I really like is that you know, you're highlighting on these different things like the podcast and um, you're finding so many unique artists and types of art that are out there now. I'm kind of wondering where do you draw inspiration from or what are you doing to kind of find these things that you get really excited about to decide, hey, I'm going to write about this? Um, You know, so, okay. So in college, I used to just dig on SoundCloud nonstop because I was um I was a DJ in college as well so I was like playing like crazy long sets like I like people are like oh you're a DJ like that's fun I'm like no 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 you don't understand <laughs> I was playing like four to six hours at least once a week every single yeah. week for like 
almost three years. Um, so I had to come up with a lot of music. Um, so that to me, like, you know, it was just very like natural to be like, if you're spending hours and hours on SoundCloud and, and Spotify, whatever, listening to music, you'll find somebody you're interested in or find these newer upcoming producers with like a couple hundred followers and, and say, Hey, like you're doing something cool that I haven't heard before because I, my ears are just like filled with so much um, uh, that I want to talk to you about it. But now my time is more limited. So I tend to, I tend to honestly like find people on Twitter mm-hmm. um, or, you know, I have, I'm on a lot of good press lists and I try to like listen to as much as I can that's sent my way. Um, or just, you know, just again, I do fall down rabbit holes on Spotify or SoundCloud um, when I have the time for it. Um, I'm trying to think. I I had, we had this guest mix from this guy. Um, his his name is Cedric Madden. And he, it's like, uh, I try to like push myself to like listen to stuff where it's like, I guess like it's technically all under my taste umbrella. Mm-hmm. I said umbrella, umbrella. (laughs) Oh God. Um, But he makes sort of like trance, like night core-y stuff. Um, And I was like, all right, I like, I like what he's doing, but I know we've never had like a trance artist before do a guest mix for us. Like, let's try to bring him on. Let's try to like, I want to push myself and I want to push my readers or you know bring new readers to the site with this new genre open up like some more you know opportunities for us to grow um and see what comes of it and then i think the more that we've developed relationships with artists and with publicists and everything like the more interesting different stuff that comes our way um but yeah just it usually like i also i've been listening to a lot of like um i guess ambient or like um not classical but like like film soundtracks more like a lot of instrumental stuff and that sometimes is like a good palate cleanser because then it also like my brain is just like a ton of like archives of like like 10 second song snippets where i'm like that sounds like another thing i've heard and then i like go on like a whole like you know like when you go on like a wikipedia black hole i do that with music all the time and I'm just like ah and then you find someone that's really cool and you're like oh my god I did it I found it and so then I uh then I want to write about it so basically what I'm trying to say is it's just absolute organized chaos uh <laughs> that I try to make look more organized than chaos uh 90 of the time so well you're doing a great job on the site for that that's for sure <laughs> definitely you. <laughs> well you know you mentioned that there's so many different like you know, kind of rabbit holes that you end up in for music and such, and you discover so much. I'm kind of wondering, who is it that maybe you'd like to collaborate with or write about at some point that you haven't done yet? Hmm. No, I have to think about, yeah, there's a rapper that I really like. I've been very into like female rappers and I have a shared playlist with my friend who she's like, that's also, that's another really good way to like find new music is to like make shared playlists with people whose music taste you like uh, you know um like my boyfriend and I have a shared playlist and then uh, my friend and I have a shared playlist and like she knows like all like the female rappers and I've just been like I bring what I know to the table she brings what she knows but there's this rapper called Megan the Stallion 
and I think she's amazing. And I've like, she's coming to Chicago at the end of June and I'm going to be like, I am, I am going to get an interview with her. I've said it. It has to happen. I read something about if you say it and you believe it, it's going to happen. You manifest it so that I really want to work with her. And, you know, I'd love to like, I'd love to do an interview with, with Skrillex because, you know, I have like the history of like, kind of like working for him or for his company, but I've never really had like the chance to sit down and do like a really in-depth conversation with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's sort of been, you know, not making as much music as he once did and sort of changing his direction. So I'd love to like, I would really love to just speak with him about like his process and sort of just like, just about him, like sort of where he's at, like emotionally as an artist. Cause one thing that like fascinates me is like finding you know, uh, being creative, like, I don't, I don't have to be creative 24-7 for my job, you know, to, like, make my, that's not my livelihood, and so I'm fascinated by the people that do do that, because it's, like, how do you, not only how do you do it, like, how do you sort of, like, if you don't feel like it, how do you make yourself do it, but also how do you not burn out? Yeah. That's been a conversation I've been having, like, Uh, my boyfriend is a producer as well. Mm -hmm. And like, just, just talking about like, you know, taking care of yourself emotionally and like, you know, long-term goals, like uh, where do you see yourself as an artist? How would you like to evolve? Like, and keeping up with just like the, the grind of like the expectation of, um, you know, constantly feeling like you have to tour too, you know, finding, finding a good balance between like life and career when there is like no like office that you leave every day, you know, like I, I leave my office and I'm like, I'm out, I'm not doing any more work. (laughs) But you know, if you're an artist that doesn't really happen and you know, people like Skrillex, like he's been doing this now for over a decade. So it's like, how do you keep the ideas fresh? How do you, how do you stay motivated? How do you, you know, how do you keep the passion alive that got you into it in the first place? Definitely. Those are the questions I ask. And that'd be cool if you were able to have this kind of conversations, because I feel like so many of those are really motivating. Like it gives you the idea for what you want to do next based off of what they're sharing and stuff, which that's the reason why I always ask questions like, who would you collaborate with when it comes to like bloggers and people who are involved in like music media and stuff? Because there's a lot of opportunity out there and you never know what what the what the artist or other person involved in like music media and stuff what they're gonna suggest it's gonna spark something in you yeah for sure I feel like I'm like I feel like I have like a huge list of people honestly and then I just like totally blanked also I'd love to interview Chris Evans just for purely selfish reasons um but (laughs) I'm like you know what I did I tried I like I tried really hard to interview him uh he was here for comic con because it's also been something I'm like hell why not comic cons are so huge there's so so many things oh my god which ones have you been to so um whenever i was in town i went to star wars celebration oh 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 my god how was it amazing i got into the last jedi panel so or not the last jedi panel the um the rise of skywalker panel i was in the arena for that i was probably like the big thing but like i also got to like get Peter Mayhew's autograph before he passed and like I met Freddie Prince Jr. and that was pretty wild like that I know that's what I love about this shit though for real it's like so sick yeah Yeah, no absolutely and I'm sure if you ask them like hey like what bands do you like they just start talking all the time so like oh I'm sure 
you know what's coming and i'm trying to like trying to finesse finesse an in is the first ever riverdale convention what it's gonna be in chicago and i'm like what that's amazing all these all these teens all these teens they'll know stuff they're not even teens that are on this show they're like adult people and i'm <laughs> like you know it's just it's there's an opportunity there where it's like like we've said several times like everybody likes music yeah how does it connect back to like what you're doing as a creative and like you know maybe it inspires them too to like once they get talking if they're not being asked the same questions eight billion times which i'm sure that they are i mean uh, maybe maybe they'll be like maybe now i'm inspired too maybe they take something away from it because oh yeah that would be great anyway i don't know uh but yes i tried to interview chris evans did not get a response but that they're not saying no so <laughs> <laughs> that means keep trying right yeah there was so a time the media absolutely I reached out, actually, I had an IMDb Pro subscription for a while when I was trying to, like, do more of the screen sounds interviews, like, when I had more time, because it was, like, right after I graduated and I was working remotely, like, uh, like part-time, mostly. So I was just like, hell, I'll try to, like, grow sound audio as much as I can since I have the time to. But I reached out to, like, I reached out to Chris Pratt's people, which, like, this was before we knew that he was kind of a dick. Um, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> They were really nice. They sent back a response. They're like, he'd love to do this, but he's just like, he doesn't have the time to do it right now. I was like, damn. All right. All right. You at least heard back, which is pretty cool. I was like, from my Gmail account, I'm like, I'm very honored. But um, (laughs) uh, I was like, that's also been something I'm like, maybe if I got, this is a totally different topic, but I feel like, I feel like Gmail accounts work fine. Like, I I don't feel, I feel like everybody's like, all right, I'll respond to this. But sometimes I wonder, should I, should I sign up for the email hosting on St. Audio? Should I make it real legit? I don't know. Anyway. I haven't gotten to that point yet myself. So I understand. It's very expensive to host it. I'm like, "Mm, I'm not sending enough emails to do this. (laughs) Yeah, right. I get that. But I don't know. Sounds like you got some really cool creative ideas to do and stuff. We do, aside from obvi- the obvious goal of meeting and interviewing Chris Evans, um, <laughs> what are some goals that you have for Sane Audio? Um, I would really like to get, I would like to get into podcasting. We did have a podcast earlier this year, but um, I wanted to revamp sort of like the ideas and the format. So I, we shut it down after a few episodes, but I would, I, that's something I'm like really motivated to get into because that also like when I was doing it, it was a lot easier to cover more subjects that I wanted to. Um, and I was trying to make it more of a focus on like current events in, in music, but also in entertainment as a whole and, and take that socially conscious sort of viewpoint um, into it. We talked a lot about like stuff like, you know, it was right around when uh, the leaving ne- Neverland uh, documentary came out. So we talked a lot about that. We like, it almost became like kind of a true crime podcast in a way because we just talked about like so much sexual assault, um, unfortunately. Which well, is- it's unfortunately, one of the things that surfaces a lot when it comes to like music and crime is usually, unfortunately, sexual assault and like abuse of power for musicians. Yeah, I'm like, God, come on, come on, don't do this. There's so many good things you could do. Um, but yes, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get into podcasting again. And, you know, I would really love to keep 
um, bringing on more international writers in places that we don't have them. You know, we don't have people in like Eastern Europe. We don't really have, we don't have writers in Africa. We don't have like, I just really want it to be as international as possible. And, um, you know, cause that's really what the purpose of it was initially was to connect everybody across the world through music. So I would love to just keep trying to do that and try to push myself um, and also push our readers to do that too. Um, perhaps even start publishing content in different languages. So that would be, I think that would be something that I'm trying to do down the road once, once we get more of an, like a posting cadence. Um, once I sort of like figure out like what my ongoing sort of content strategy is. Um, but those are the two big ones that I can think of right now. <laughs> That's really awesome. Well, I wish you all the luck with being able to get your podcast off the ground and see how much more that St. Audio can grow because this is definitely an exciting blog to follow. I feel like I'm unfamiliar with so many artists that you share on the blog and I love that because that gives me opportunity to discover new people, whether it's for my own personal enjoyment or future podcast guests, you never know. Yes, that would be awesome. Well, I'm really glad you like it. It makes It always makes me feel so good when people like you know, tell me they enjoy what we're putting out because we do put a lot of work into it and I put a lot of work into it. And, uh, you know, just to feel like we're making an impact or, you know, brightening someone's day a little bit or teaching somebody something or showing them new music. It's like, that's awesome. That's all I could ever really want. So. Definitely. Well, I want more people to share how much they love what you're doing. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> where can everybody keep up with you, Staley and St. Audio? All right. Well, St. Audio, um, our handles are the same across the board. Well, I guess not for Facebook, so I lied. But Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify are all at St. Audio. And it is Saint uh, spelled out, so it's S-A-I-N-T, audio. Um, and then Facebook, the URL is St. Audio blog. And then you can follow me on Twitter, although I am private. Um, but, you know, I might just let you follow me um, at <laughs> at Stales Miguel's. It is Stales, and then Miguel's has three S's at the end. Um, I am probably the only Staley on Twitter, so it should be pretty easy to find me. Um, and then my Instagram is Stales Miguel's, but with one S at the end of the the gales. So <laughs> God, that was just a mess. Oh, and my Spotify, please like, please follow my Spotify. I do make playlists every month and they are enormous and I have a lot of fun making them. Um, my Spotify username is KS and then Sharpless. It is sharp like a pen and then LES. So that's where you can find me. I don't know if you enjoyed all the spelling, but that's what I had to do. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my Lord. gosh. Well, everybody should make sure that they follow Staley because um, I'm positive that everything you're going to find is going to be as awesome as this conversation we just had. Oh, thank you. I'm just, one tear is going to roll down my face. Um, <laughs> no, this has been really fun. I really have enjoyed ch uh, chatting with you. I was going to say ch chalking with me. Like chatting and talking. But yeah, I've enjoyed talking with you. Troll. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I swear. I know how to talk. I promise. Oh, no, you're good. Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks so much for joining. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful, and I'm so excited to listen to more of your podcast. Thanks.
more where that came from here at the end of the episode thank you so much to staley for joining this week and to each of her picks for sharing some fresh original music on the pod it's an exciting time for music and saint audio should definitely be one of your go-tos for unique sounds so make sure you bookmark saintaudio.com that's it for this week but you can always keep up with me online Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you hear and have some spare change, feel free to drop a virtual tip at the Angry Girl Music Coffee page virtual tip jar. All cash given there goes toward helping with expenses for hosting across all your favorite podcast apps, hosting for the website, and other future projects for the pod. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry, and explore art from all over. This is Borden. Thank you.